Hey y'all, I'm Brooke Hoover, a Louisiana native, actor, writer, and comedian. I've lost 100 pounds through diet and exercise, or shall I say, lifestyle changes. My 20 year and counting health journey has taught me that just like taking a diet pill for weight loss, body positivity doesn't magically happen overnight. I'm working on regaining my self-esteem and rekindling my love affair with Cajun and Southern comfort food in a healthier way, all the while juggling eating as clean as I can, reestablishing myself in the entertainment industry, which, as we know, is historically fat-phobic, all the while showing my inner fat girl some love. That's fat with a PH. Pretty hot and tempting. Let me tell y'all a tale or two. The title of this episode is The Half-Ass Award-Winning Baby Costume. The name says it all, y'all. This episode is about a half-ass, last-minute, thrown-together baby costume that won an award at a Halloween party. So venture back in time with me, y'all, to Halloween circa 1992. <music> I've recently started a new school that requires uniforms and requires conformity and requires making new friends, none of which I'm good at. Hurricane Andrew had recently came in and damaged most of South Louisiana, including East Baton Rouge Parish. And despite the devastation, for my 11-year-old self-conscious and arguably self-absorbed self, it's pure bliss because I get a whole week off of my new school, which I hate with a passion, and my best pal and I get to jump from a fallen magnolia tree into her pool and pretend we're Tom Sawyer and Huck Finn. But now that it's October, because Hurricane Andrew happened in August of that year, so a couple of months have gone by, things have returned to normalcy since Andrew. Us Louisiana folk actually call everyone like Miss Jenny or Mr. Bob, but when it comes to hurricanes, we are down and dirty on a first name, no politeness basis with those bastards. And so y'all, now it's October 1992. I'm since I'm at a new school, I'm not invited to any Halloween festivities and I'm still in my shell shock, shame shock from my sexy harem girl outfit from a few years ago that I've told tales about in podcasts of your uh, further back episodes. So I've opted out of Halloween. And y'all, this is a pattern I often do even to this day. And it's actually a really bad one that I'm trying to shake if I'm not invited to a party if instead of like creating my own party or my own festivity or my own parade with my dogs, I usually will just say something like, oh, this holiday is lame and I don't celebrate it at all aside from getting gifts a couple days later on clearance at TJ Maxx. But y'all, it's Halloween. It's my favorite holiday and I'm 11 years old and it's the 1990s. Kids at this time aren't too old for Halloween. We're not too cool for school, especially me, clearly. I'm not too cool for my new school. We haven't been jaded yet. Kids weren't jaded that young. 
Y'all remember that when kids weren't jaded by the time they hit puberty? So secretly, I really want something to do for Halloween. And I'm debating just like wearing jeans and a t-shirt and going as a super reliable preteen cousin chaperone to chaperone my little cousins, Brendan and Corey, for their trick-or-treat. But then I get a phone call. Actually, I think I think we get an invitation in the mail. Yes, yes, yes. It was an invitation in the mail. We still got those back in the day, y'all. And I actually still sent them too. I get an invitation to a Halloween party thrown by a friend at my former school, the one I just left last year. And y'all, it's only two days away. The party's only two days away. I only have two days to prepare. So, of course, I have to call in Mama for some help. And I haven't seen my old school friends since summer. So, I want to do something, like, kind of awesome. But also, I don't want to seem too eager. But, again, we only have two days to prepare. And must I remind y'all, this is well before Amazon or well before 24-hour Walmart or insert any other sinful but necessary store up in here. So for some random reason, I won't even try to recall it. I can't. I won't even try to retell or explain why. Mama says, baby, why don't you just go as a baby? I'm not buying it. I've never been like a girl for baby dolls. I've always been on like team dinosaur, team stuffed animal over baby dolls every day. I'm actually terrified of babies. They require a lot of responsibility. I'm terrified of babies to this day, but I really don't have any other options. And mama says, baby, we have all this costume stuff to make a baby costume. All we have to do is go out and buy an old person diaper to be your diaper. And I'm like, oh, really? Y'all, I do not know how this woman and Olivier Hoover Hoover, 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 my mama had a stash of like a pink bonnet, a gigantic pacifier, and these huge safety pins just like laying around. And I don't know why I went along with this idea, but again, I didn't have many other options or creativity going on at the time. And again, speaking of time, we did not have much time. We had less than 48 hours. So for the baby costume, y'all. For the actual, like, foundation of it. Because I wasn't going to go topless, y'all. I mean, remember, I haven't done sexy Halloween costumes since, like, 1988. The year of the sexy harem girl costume. So, for the foundation of the baby costume, I wear, like, a light pink t-shirt. I hope I wore, a, like, a leotard or something underneath that. And then shiny nude tights that were, like, so popular in the late 80s and early 90s. Y'all remember those? They were, like, so shiny that the shine had a color. And yes, an adult dopper, an adult dopper, my Southern accent just really came out, an adult diaper on top of the hopefully leotard or knowing me, maybe even just underwear on top of that with white Keds tennis shoes, of course. And my hair was in pigtails naturally. And I must sidetrack here really quick, y'all, and say, do y'all remember like those pacifier necklaces that were like a thing in the 90s? Well, maybe I actually, maybe this baby costume actually started that trend, but I had like a gigantic clown size pacifier, but who knows? I was rocking it before pacifiers were like a trend of the 90s. 
So again, I really do not know how Mama just had all this random baby stuff stocked up at the house and laying around unless she was like, I don't know, secretly doing baby shower event planning, you know, um, behind closed doors or had some weird fetish going on. Who knows? Never know with Mama. I remember being somewhat pleased with my ensemble, considering it was really thrown together, but fully knowing and owning that it was thrown together and Throwing things together was not something I was used to doing. I also remember it being like really hot and humid and like the thick, shiny, flesh-colored pantyhose were rubbing together at my shabbies where like the top of my inner thighs rubbed together. And most people call it chub rub and I called it shabbies. I still to this day call it shabbies. So we go to the Halloween party, which is what kids who are too cool for trick-or-treat but not jaded enough to blow off Halloween completely do. That's what we do. It's kind of like out in the country, as I can remember. And if I remember correctly, it's the same boy who kind of had a crush on me like a year before. And I remember liking his mom because she was one of the few moms that were just as eccentric as my own mama. And basically, this party was like a good break from my new school of that represented conformity and and change and transition. And it was kind of fun not wearing pants, despite like my shabby sweat situation happening. And at one point, we all form a circle. And my friend's mom, I think her name was like uh, Miss Candy. Of of course, of of course, her name was Miss Candy. And she says, okay, y'all, it's time for the Halloween costume contest. Everyone's going to come in the middle of the circle and model your costume. And the me and Miss Tina and Miss B are going to vote for the winner. And I'm thinking, oh, hell no, I did not sign up for this. I did not prepare for this. My costume was so half-ass and so last minute in comparison to all my other Halloween costumes. Costumes. I don't even remember what the other kids were wearing to, for the most part. I don't look good enough. I didn't do good enough. I'm not good enough. All this negative stuff I start telling myself at the age of 11. What? But Miss Candy starts blasting Ghostbusters and it's my turn to go model in the middle of the circle. So, I mean, I do like in a half-ass kind of way because I'm not really feeling my baby costume and I, I didn't prepare like a baby themed dance. So all the other kids like go in and do the same model, the costume one at a time. And then it's time for deliberation. And I know the winner is going to be like, there was a kid who was dressed as Garfield. I remember that. And, and then my friend Brittany was dressed as a Tabasco hot sauce bottle. I'm like, hot sauce is taking the win. Of course. But then Miss Candy jumps into the middle of the circle and says, All righty, y'all. I'm going to announce the winner of our annual Halloween costume party contest. The winner is the person dressed as a baby, Brooke Hoover. And I'm like thinking, what? No, no. Seriously, like, like I'm like, what? No. Me? Really? And I think I go up and she hands me a chocolate bunny rabbit from Easter as like a makeshift trophy and she gives me a hug. And to this day, I still think she and her friends voted for me to win because they maybe they felt sorry for me having to transfer to a new scary school. That's what I told myself for. Maybe they just really liked my costume and thought my costume was pretty badass for a half-ass baby costume. Or actually, maybe they're the type of ladies who, like, love baby dolls so much that they have, like, a collection of those lifelike baby doll children. And they bring them with them to, like, Winn-Dixie and stuff. But 
honestly, I just don't think I deserve to win y'all. And here's why. Because I didn't put my all into the costume. Mama and I didn't spend our usual six months planning and prepping and making the costume. I didn't go all out. I was half-assed beyond half-assed. But in all fairness, if I look back at the costume, and y'all can look back at the costume with me, because of course I'm going to post a photo on my Instagram, at Brooke Hoover, the O's are zeros, B-R-0-0-K-E-H-0-0-V-E-R. The costume is actually pretty cute, especially for being thrown together so quickly. And I didn't learn something then. I didn't learn anything then. But I am learning something now, especially, especially over the past few years with the pandemic in full effect, that it's okay to not go all out, that sometimes we can't go all all out. Sometimes we won't have the resources. Sometimes we won't have the energy to go all out. And I've always been the type of person to go big or go home, like go big or go home. But it's more become like, for me, just stay home and not go anywhere and don't even start anything because I won't ever be good enough. That's what I tell myself. And y'all, it's sad, but it's true. And I'm still doing this podcast on a wing and a prayer, like with no budget. I mean, you don't need budget to do a podcast really, except for having, I think, in my humble opinion, a good microphone. Um, I still don't know what the hell I'm doing. I don't have a marketing plan. I don't have any plan except for just telling my tales and trying to be uplifting and putting it out there. And the same goes for all my other creative projects, my solo shows, my web series, my short film. There are many more projects that haven't even seen the light of day because I've been terrified that if I can't do something 100%, then it just won't be good enough. And what's the point in even trying? Y'all, that is a horrible message to tell yourself. That's a really horrible message to tell children. It's a horrible message to tell your inner child. So I'm working on not doing that by revisiting a costume where I literally was a child dressed as a child, child, baby. But y'all, I bet if we asked other people if they always gave and put in 100% every day, every time to everything, they would say no. Because we're just trying to get by and that's good enough. And they always say, do your best. But you know what? What if sometimes you're just too tired to do your best and you just want to do, you know? In my line of work as an actor, as a creator, we are told don't put things out there if they're not good. But you know what? Oftentimes money, resources, time, energy get in the way and we can only put out things that we we think are maybe subpar or mediocre. But other people, especially if you're like Miss Candy, if you have a Miss Candy and a Miss B and a Miss Tina or Miss Trina out there, they think that stuff that you think is subpar or mediocre, they think it's pretty darn award-winning. So award-winning, in fact, that you're going to go out there, put it out there, and you're going to win an out-of-season six-month-old chocolate bunny award. But that chocolate bunny still tastes pretty darn good. But sometimes, y'all, we put years and years of blood, sweat, and tears. Ooh, that kind of rhymed. Years and years of blood, sweat, and tears into something And it's definitely like we think it's our best. It's the best of the best. And sometimes people never even see it. Or like sometimes if you're a famous artist, like a famous painter, you pass away before people see it. And then well, like your ghost is watching people admire it. Like I'm thinking of like 
Vincent Van Gogh. But isn't that more of a shame? Okay, so case in point, I'm not brushed up on my art history, but I'll give y'all a Hoover history case in point. So circa 1983, my mama made beautiful Care Bear costumes for my cousin Sarah and I. I think we were both going to be the same bear. Cheer bear, you know, the pink bear with the rainbow on her stomach. Well, it was like a full bear costume, like felt and cozy and stuff. But y'all, October 31st, 1983, it was 82 degrees and you did not want to be all cozy in a bear costume. You would sweat your butt off. And so Cheer Bear never saw the light of day. That fabulous, fabulous costume, those two fabulous costumes never saw the light of day. And the next year we couldn't wear it because like kids often do, we had outgrown the Cheer Bear costumes literally and figuratively. So Cheer Bear was never seen or appreciated by anyone except for me and mama and my cousin until about four years ago. We had saved it for a rainy day. And I actually, uh, when I was going through some things, found it and I gave it to one of my best friends who has two gills. And she took a photo of one of her daughters wearing it. And her daughter is looking at herself in the mirror and she's smiling like at how cute she is. And my friend called me and she's like, Brooke, my daughter keeps looking at herself and saying, look how cute, look how pretty I am. So Cheer Bear did come back in all of her glory 30 plus something years later. Although that doesn't always happen. See, the best of the best we put out there, if we don't put it out there, people don't always see it. And the mediocre, if we put it out there, that might be the best or something super meaningful to somebody. Like, what is the best, really? Who is the judge of that best? Y'all, that's my point. The cheer bear costume. Mama worked so hard on it, and it almost never saw the light of day, or more importantly, saw the light of a young child's smile. But at least the baby costume totally imperfect, made on the fly, and I didn't feel it was quite good enough. It had a big moment of glory, even though I didn't feel that that moment of glory was well-deserved and it should have gone to someone else. But I'm learning, y'all, that sometimes people who didn't put in 100% will win. And sometimes those people will be you, you or me. And that's okay. That's more than okay. It's acceptable. It's life. We got to own it. Adult diapers, shabbies, rub, six-month-old chocolate Easter bunnies, and all. Thanks so much for listening, y'all. It is my hope to inspire, uplift, and entertain you with this Who's Dat Fat Girl podcast. So if you're hungry for more, you can book me to speak or perform my solo show that inspired this podcast. Fat Girl Costumes, written by yours truly and directed by Brian Lady at your virtual or in-person event. Please visit brookhoover.com slash fluffybuttproductions or email me at contactbrookhoover at gmail.com for more info. And let's follow each other on Instagram. I'm at brookhoover and the O's in my name are not the letter O, they're zeros. Not because I want to be a size zero, but because I guess I'm just so clever with my late 90s Yahoo self. And if you like this podcast, which I really hope you do, please give me a five-star rating and write a review on Apple Podcasts. And most importantly, share this with your friends, family, and other people you may know who are as fat as we are. That's fat with a PH.